Percy, let me ask you this. Can there ever be a point when one must choose to decide between continuing medical care or not? Wow, 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 Wayne. That is the question of the day, and it's a tough one, my friend. And very individualized, I must add. But yes, there certainly can be times when one finds themselves at the crossroads of continuing on or not with medical treatment. Hey, let's talk about it today. All right. Coming up shortly, a pastor who made that tough decision, and she'll tell us how and what happened as a result. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome, everyone. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with our host, Reverend Percy McRae. Pastor P is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Pastor P, that's okay with you, isn't it? Pastor P, that's what many call me, and I answer to it, so yes, sir. All right, all right. Good to see you again, brother, and I'm looking forward to our conversation today, and I'm looking forward to hearing from our guest, Maxine Callier. Absolutely. This is a pastor. She's an assistant and associate pastor at a local congregation back home. And uh, she's going to tell us an interesting story of her, of her walk of faith and balancing her medical care and, and what she personally chose to do and, and how we can learn and glean from that experience. So today is going to be a great conversation. All right. Before we get to the interview with Maxine, we ask a question each week on the program. And before we pose this week's question, I was just looking at some of the responses and where they come from. Look at this. We have people all over the country and many outside the country who listen to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Here's a response from Topeka, Boston, Brooksville, Florida, Seattle, Bloomington, Indiana, Norristown, PA, Mobile, Alabama, Ontario, Canada, my hometown where I was born, Flint, Michigan. Ah, There you go. (laughs) How about that? And uh, others from around the country, and uh, here's Reno, Nevada. So, so So many listeners and so many places where people are listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Yeah, we're grateful and we thank you all for your uh, support of the program and uh, allowing others to be notified about the program. And thank you for reaching back out, as is the case with this particular question uh, that was asked on a previous show. What was something you learned during your cancer journey? And we have a response from one of those towns that you mentioned, Bloomington, Indiana. And the response was this. I learned that cancer can only affect my body but not my spirit, not my mind or my heart. Those only belong to God. Insightful, huh? Very it's good. It's insightful and yeah. it's powerful yeah. when we really sit to understand the what cancer does not have effect of hmm. and reach to. It's an important thing to remember. Well, we help each other when we respond that way. So thank you for your response to that question. Here's this week's question. How did cancer change you as a person? You're going to hear how it changed our guests today in a few moments, but Mm. how did it change you as a person? To respond, just simply go to our website. It'll just take a few minutes. Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on Connect, and then the drop-down box there will give you a chance to type in your response. How did cancer change you as a person? Let's uh, look at Scripture before we get to our interview. Well, we're going to read a very interesting Scripture today, and I want you to listen to it closely. Our spiritual nugget is going to be extrapolated from Psalms 3 verses five and six, and it'll tie into our conversation that we'll have shortly. And it says this, I laid me down and slept. I awaked for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people, or can we say circumstances or situations 
that have set themselves against round about me. I laid me down to sleep and I awaked for the Lord sustain me. We're going to hear some interesting things with regard to this school of thought today. Perfect. All right. Have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With Cancer Center for Alexa, now you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. Now, to access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say, Alexa, enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. And you can also access this tool on any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. The Cancer Center for Alexa Skill, a voice-activated question and answer tool. Well, let's meet today's guest that we talked about here in the program. Here's Percy McRae. Well, I'm excited today to have with us a minister of the gospel. And I love speaking to uh, those who are in the vineyard. Uh, who are sharing the faith and and, uh, helping to feed the flock. And so today we have Reverend Maxine Collier, who is the associate pastor at Galilee Baptist Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Along with being uh, an associate pastor, she is also a cancer patient who was originally diagnosed with breast cancer in May of 2019. Uh, She is currently not receiving active treatment at this time. Uh, only doing three-month follow-ups as her regimen. She treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Uh, How are you doing, Reverend Collier? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, and thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Oh, well, I appreciate that, and really the honor is all mine. Uh, We are privileged to be able to tell the stories of those who are walking the walk and talking the talk, Uh, and walking by faith as they continue to battle cancer. Uh, That's what we do, and that's the the format of the program. Having said that, uh, as the introduction stated, you uh, were originally diagnosed with breast cancer in May 2019. Do you remember the day that you were originally diagnosed and what you were feeling when you were first told that you had cancer. Can you uh, express that moment and that day with someone listening to the show? Yes, I got a telephone call and not the best way to receive that kind of news. Hmm. And it was like a bomb had dropped on me. Um, I, first of all, was shocked because I did not think that that's going to be the outcome of my testing. Okay. And the little fear came in because I didn't know what to anticipate down the line. I was a little scared as well and definitely anxious. So with that, um, had you had uh, cancer history in your family by any chance? No, uh, not at all. Hmm. Okay. And with that being said, you're, you're told that you have cancer. You receive that information as you stated, you know, on the phone. And uh, I can remember the day when I received that information as well, and it was via telephone. And so it's a little, it's a little off-putting, but nevertheless, you get that information. Uh, you were shocked. Obviously, you did not anticipate and expect to hear that. Um, you processed that, and I would imagine it took you a little while to allow that to kind of settle in and, and marinate a little bit. And, and being a woman of faith, and, and not only a woman of faith, but a leader among a faith community, 
Um, I would imagine that, you know, you began to kick into your, you know, your theology and, and, and your belief in God. Let's talk a little bit about uh, how uh, your faith began to kind of help you work through the initial, you know, shock of being told that you had cancer. Well, first of all, because I had faith, naturally I turned to prayer um, and I started praying that I would be able to uh, face whatever trials and tribulations would come ahead. Mm. And mm -hmm. after that, uh, I did the next the practical thing and sought out more opinions. And uh, they all confirmed that it was breast cancer. So th then I had gone to three different uh, hospitals and I decided upon CTCA uh, because of the warmth and, and just the kinship that I felt with the care of the doctors and the physicians there and other physicians there. So it was, uh, I believe, a good marriage because somehow I just felt this was the right place for me after praying. Mm. So it was uh, the last place that I went, the last hospital that I went to, to consider my treatment but it was the best decision that I could have ever made. Well, you raise what I think is a really important point that needs to be made, and that is the fact that uh, we want to encourage anyone who is being told potentially that they have cancer, that they have every right and, and hopefully the resources uh, to seek out a second or even, as in your case, a third opinion uh, until one is comfortable with what is being said to them, and uh, in terms of who they choose, because that is your choice of partnership of where you receive your treatment and care, we want to encourage everyone to be reminded, as you did, make sure that you have done your due diligence before uh, you settle on a process or a person or a particular venue where uh, you can receive your treatment. So uh, hooray to you uh, and shout outs to second and third opinions. So you receive a third opinion. Uh, you begin your process of treatment and care. What type of medical treatment did you pursue? Chemotherapy, radiation, surgery? Do you mind me asking? Oh, no problem. Well, let me just see, say that my case is very unique. I, uh, after having uh, my lumpectomy and uh, reconstruction surgery, developed uh, open wounds under both breasts. And uh, after uh, that, I had to have intensive wound care. And uh, I had a visiting nurse that came out first uh, once, uh, no, not once a week, uh, every single day to dress the wounds. Uh, they were really, really uh, painful. And it was a long procedure. I ended up going back to the doctor uh, who performed the reconstruction surgery for more advanced treatment. There were several treatments that were tried, none of which uh, were um, moving me in a positive direction and closing the wounds. So finally, a, a second surgery was scheduled to close the wounds. And it was on that day of the second surgery, on the bed waiting for the anesthesiologist um, to perform uh, and inject me I with the anesthesia uh, that I decided uh, after hearing I know from the Lord that I could not do a second surgery for that. And I just told him right then and there, I can't do this surgery. And I said, I, I apologized. I told my um, surgeon that I could not go through with it, that I was going to be healed. Now, mind you, this had been 10 months 
that I was dealing with this. And um, I just said, I am going to be healed. I need to wait a little longer. And after that, within two weeks, the wounds closed. You know, after 10 months, the radiologist determined that it was uh, too long for a radiology to be effective. So I had no chemo, I had no uh, radiation. I had uh, nothing but the Lord. Uh, and then I got, uh, after my mammogram, I got a letter, which I'd like to read uh, part of it. It says on uh, 6 the test that you had show no suspicion of breast cancer. So without radiation, God working a miracle, I have no suspicion of breast cancer. Wow, that is quite uh, the response. And again, given the path that you've traveled, uh, we are encouraged, obviously, number one, to hear that you are doing well and that you've had that type of recovery and that, you know, you made that choice. And again, we want to be clear uh, that everyone uh, needs to obviously follow the conviction of their own heart and obviously uh, with advice from their medical team. Uh, to do that which they think is in their best interest. In this particular case, uh, that served you well and worked out very well. And so we give God yes. all the praise and glory for that, for sure. And don't be afraid because it's your body to uh, uh, somehow be at odds with your medical team. After prayer, and, and God revealed this to me, much prayer, and the day of the surgery on the table, wait, on the bed, uh, waiting for the surgery, I could not go through with it because I heard that voice from the Lord saying, just wait on me. Then that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And, and my strength was renewed because I had the faith to believe that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. And that was heal me. But I would not advise everyone to go against the, the medical advice that is given to sure. them. You have to be, make sure that you are hearing from the Lord that that is a, what you should do. Yeah. Well, and, and so with that being said, you know, obviously you're still here today. You're doing well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about after now having gone through a process of, of, of what you've just described, being diagnosed, uh, third opinion, uh, you received surgery, uh, then you opted not to do your second surgery, and eventually your wounds did heal. Uh, and we give God all praise and glory for all of that. How has this experience as a minister changed you in terms of how you minister uh, to those that you serve, how you may preach? How has this impacted you and, and potentially uh, has changed you to a certain extent? First of all, I can tell people that definitely miracles are still being performed by the Lord. There are those who doubt but there's, I have a testimony that I can give to that. It has increased my faith. First of all, I know that uh, whatever we ask for, God does answer. And sometimes the answer is wait. And in my case, that was the answer, wait. Okay. Sometimes the answer, of course, is yes immediately. And then sometimes the answer is no. But we've got to wait to hear from the Lord. So I, I believe that I have increased my faith, increased my prayer life, definitely. Mm -hmm. I could not have made it through this ordeal and this battle without much prayer. Uh, praying for myself personally, my husband and I prayed together. I had friends and other family members who prayed with me. So the power of prayer is strong. 
And let me say that prayer does change things. So don't ever, ever give up praying without ceasing. And then I can uh, say that uh, this has made me more patient. <laughs> I'm very much more patient. I know that uh, sometimes you just have to wait um, for the victory to come. And I uh, become a more patient person, especially patient with others. I, I uh, am very much more patient. Uh, and uh, this has also gave me more empath empathy. I certainly can uh, know what people are going through. I used to not really know what cancer patients were going through, but I can certainly empathize much more since my personal experience with others who are battling cancer. Well, praise God for that, because obviously um, to go through this process, and I think that this is true uh, for most cancer patients, that, you know, it, I don't think that it would be possible to go through that ordeal and, and just remain the same, that there would have to be some sort of aha moment, some takeaway, something that, that has enhanced, again, uh, your patience, your empathy, your focus, your direction. All of those things, uh, I would think, have to be impacted, and certainly that was the case for you. As you now walk the path of recovery, uh, and as we stated earlier, you are no longer receiving active treatment, and we thank God for that. Um, what's next for you? What's on the horizon uh, in terms of your focus, in terms of your ministry? Uh, what are you currently doing, and how is the Lord using you today in helping others? Well, God has been good. Uh, naturally, we've been doing virtual service uh, because of the pandemic. Mm. So I have, um, I think my sermons are even stronger because I have a personal testimony mm -hmm. that I can give mm -hmm. to others that will give them hope. Also, I am um, a part of a group called Black Clergy of Philadelphia and Vicinity. So I was able to um, do a town hall as the education chairperson on the uh, opening of schools during a pandemic. Mm. We have had mm -hmm. over uh, 1,000 views now uh, in the town hall, and we have the superintendent of schools. So that's something new for me, uh, being able to uh, be the one to design and, and organize a, a town hall with the committee members that I had. I have never done that in my life, and, and go on Facebook Live and Zoom. And uh, the other thing that I have done, I think, is uh, I have learned to become an administrator on Zoom. I now know how to use that technology to yeah, reach other people. So I, I never knew how to utilize Zoom before. Well, uh, so that uh, I'm going, God is using me in new and different ways that I thought that I would never be used in. Well, technology. One, yeah, well, one Not thing like for sure, we, we all have become... Uh, more proficient with technology, whether we want it to or not, because it became a necessity. And so uh, with that being said, uh, I think that that has literally changed the world and changed how we communicate and, quite frankly, has shown us how to even be more effective communicators uh, without necessarily having to stand in front of people. And I think actually that's a good thing. So good for you. Sounds like you're busy and, uh, and you're active, and that's just great. And, and so in closing, with the few minutes that we have left, I always ask everyone this particular question, and I'll ask you as well. Uh, now that you have experienced all that you have just described and articulated, what is one thing that drives, perpetuates, and gives you hope today? 
Well, definitely my faith. Without faith, I could not make it. My belief in God and uh, my prayer life, I could not make it without being able to be able to have a little talk with Jesus because sometimes you don't want to burden others with what you're going through. And to be able to have that personal connection is the, in, uh, spiritually is so important in my life. So that's my spiritual life is what keeps me going, my belief in God, my uh, being able to communicate uh, through prayer. So that's uh, a, a major part of my life. And it has grown stronger because of my ordeal mm. and battle with cancer. Well, today you have heard from Reverend Maxine Collier, who is or was originally diagnosed with breast cancer. You've just heard her story. Originally diagnosed in May of 2019, she is no longer actively receiving any treatment uh, for that cancer. She's simply on a three-month follow-up regimen, treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Philadelphia. And today we are grateful as an associate pastor at Galilee Baptist Church, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, we continue to send you, my dear, our love and our support. Uh, I pray for great grace to be upon all that God is allowing you to do now in the aftermath of all of that uh, with your Zooms as an administrator, all of the things that you're doing in the community. May he continue to strengthen your testimony and strengthen, uh, strengthen your witness as you continue to go out and declare uh, the good news uh, that all things are possible to them that believe. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to spend time with us today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. God bless you. God bless you as well, and thank you for having me as a guest. How good it was to hear from Maxine here today. We'll unpack that conversation with Percy in a moment. Percy, I want to get right to the resource, though, that we're offering this week at the Crossroads of Faith and Cancer. Thanks for making these resources available to us. Yeah, this particular resource is very applicable given the conversation that we just heard, uh, obviously, because there can be, and in many cases are, uh, times when we're facing particularly as cancer patients or healthcare challenges, that there we're at a crossroads of what do we do from a medical perspective? What do we do from a, a spiritual belief and faith perspective? Uh, how do we proceed moving forward? And so uh, this resource was written to kind of help people process through when they get to the crossroad of their faith and cancer and what they should or should not do. Uh, and, and how they can be empowered and helped. And so download this free resource, share that with individuals. Uh, if you have not experienced a crossroad at, at this point, uh, at some point you may, and this mm -hmm. will be very helpful and handy uh, when, when that time comes. You can you. download it right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com at the crossroads of faith and cancer. According to the American Cancer Society, nearly one out of three people in the U.S. will receive a cancer diagnosis during their lifetime. And caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. So to address the issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. If you are a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. There's information about ministry training opportunities and our informative monthly email newsletter. So visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. 
Well, our guest Maxine Collier had much to say and much to teach us about faith and patience, I guess you would say, right, Percy? Absolutely. Well, as a pastor and as a minister, again, uh, I love talking to ministers and pastors who have walked a cancer journey. Number one, it helps to destigmatize the fact that uh, even spiritual leaders themselves are challenged with healthcare scenarios. And so no one is exempt from this uh, experience. Uh, I'm included in that number, obviously. Uh, but I think that historically we have had a disconnect with regard to saying our faith leaders and spiritual leaders deal with what I guess some would consider be what normal scenarios of normal people. But we have to remember that pastors and spiritual leaders are normal people just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And in that, uh, she was very frank uh, in talking about Uh, many aspects. Number one, how she, uh, when she first received the news of getting her cancer, how it hit her like a bomb, she said. (laughs) (laughs) And it it really impacted her and she had to really work through the shock of being told uh, that she had cancer and that the outcome of her test, uh, that there was fear that came upon her uh, in anticipation of, again, what that all meant, that there was anxiety and that she was quite frankly scared. I think it's important for people. She was honest about that, right? I appreciate that honesty. That's exactly right. That pastors experience fear. They experience anxiety. They are not exempt in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We know even in the word of God, you know, the prophet himself ran and hid in a cave because (laughs) he was afraid for his life Mm -hmm. uh, at the threat of Jezebel. So again, that's part of the walk of every believer, including our spiritual leaders. But her first resort was prayer. That's what impressed me with Maxine. And so she said she started praying uh, and that uh, she would be able to face whatever the trials and tribulations were that were coming ahead uh, that helped her to kind of work through. And this was the important piece of that out of her prayer was what was the next practical step that she needed to take. And I think it's important to highlight that fact that though she used a spiritual exercise, that spiritual exercise provided her with a practical application. And so with that, Uh, What came from that is that, you know, she began her search. uh, I think it was three or four hospitals that she had gone to before she landed on her experience uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And we're grateful to hear that, obviously. Well, let's Uh, talk about that, because sometimes we don't feel like we have options. Well, that's true. And and one of the things that no one, uh, certainly in America, in, in the healthcare system of America still, obviously, we struggle with some aspects of accessible healthcare and so on and so forth. But everyone should feel like that they have choices and that they have options. And we want to encourage people to be reminded, as Reverend Maxine told us, that she exercised that right. And so she went to two, three, four different hospitals to get uh, second and third opinions. And she felt like because of the kinship and the spiritual orientation and tone of the environment at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, she felt like that was the place. Uh, where she needed to begin her treatment. She felt that it was the right place and she felt at home. And so I think that the the takeaway here is no one should settle on where they should receive their uh, treatment of care until they have a clearance in their spirit, in their heart, and in their mind that this is a a comfortable place that works for you and that you feel like you have a partnership uh, with the organization and with the clinical team that you're confronting there. Of course, we're very glad she found that warmth, as she described it, and kinship at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Yeah. Um, what do you make of her decision to take control of her own uh, health care options? Well, this is the elephant in the living room now, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <And> so let's <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, address that so that we can be courageous and, and have some uh, some sense of accountability to this conversation. First and foremost, uh, the caveat here is that she stated very clearly after making a decision 
uh, for a second surgery after uh, undergoing, trying to have her wounds heal, uh, that she simply felt like that a second surgery she could not go through and that she felt, as she stated, that the Lord told her not to do that surgery. And so she told her surgeon or her anesthesiologist as they were about to uh, put her under that she had decided not to undergo that treatment or undergo that surgery and opted out of that. Okay, now what do you think of that? Well, my thoughts are this, is that I think that, and I'm gonna use the exact statement that she stated, and she gave this disclaimer that, uh, let's be very clear that everyone should not necessarily choose that or do that. They need to be completely clear just because that's what she did. Uh, that may not be something that you should do, that everyone should have a clearance uh, in their heart and a confidence that they believe that that's what the Lord or that's what God instructed them to do. And I will add on to that. I respect uh, Reverend Maxine's decision to do that. And as it turned out, that fared well for her as she received a letter uh, from her oncologist that basically stated that, you know, that she had recovered well without that surgery. Uh, but that is not necessarily the case for all individuals in all circumstances. And so uh, that is unique. Uh, and everyone needs to be definitely led by what they believe is the conviction of their heart and not the testimony of a single unique individual. That's yeah. the disclaimer that I would share. Well said. Uh, and if I was in that situation, what would I do, Wayne? I don't know. I was not in that situation. Mm -hmm. I have, and, and yeah, I have none of us can say, that. can we? That's correct. So until we stand, as I often say, it's easy to be an armchair quarterback until you have to stand behind the center on a football field and catch that snap. <laughs> so with that being said, the disclaimer at the end of the day is every individual, first and foremost, should always seek clinical care and should always hear a clinical perspective with regard to treatment of sickness and disease and not default to the idea of opting out of clinical care simply because I believe that I want to use my faith if and when you choose to do that. Uh, you need to be able to be very clear in your heart and in your conscience that that's what you believe God told you to do. And as I've often, as you set up this conversation, what I've often said to patients who have asked me that question over the years is, is this a decision that you can live with? And more importantly, is this a decision that you can ultimately right, die with? Right. And that changes, that puts more gravity on making that decision and making sure there is some clarity as much as that person possibly can to say that I believe that this is what the Lord told me to do. Well, she was very clear that prayer was her priority and she that did. we never, we should never give up, but we should always pray. And she said, sometimes the answer is wait. I thought that was interesting. It is. And so, and you know, so again, with that being said, and I've, I've heard many preachers preach this, I've preached about it as well. Uh, when, when we pray and seek the face of God, you know, what should be the answer of God? And sometimes God's answer is yes. Sometimes God's answer is no. And sometimes God's answer is wait. And in some cases, sometimes there's silence from God. And yeah. so, again, this is all, and I want to be clear. So we're, we're getting into a little theology here. Okay. So I'm going to go all ahead right. and I'm going <laughs> to dig into it a little bit. At the end of the day, God is not a cookie cutter formula. Uh, you know, God is not, you know, two pinches of salt and a, and a, and a half a shake of butter. And, a, a, you know, God doesn't operate that way. He operates uniquely and specifically and directly with us based upon our circumstances and our scenario. And we should always be open and have our ear attuned to what God is directing us to uniquely do. And as I've said a million times before, we should not and cannot use the testimony of others 
to then become crafted to our own personal situation. Mm -hmm. That is not how God does business at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Well, I appreciate the interview, and I appreciate your response as well, Percy. Thank you, as always. Again, I want to ask our listeners to consider responding to our question this week. How did cancer change you as a person? You can respond online at healthhopeandinspiration.com when you click on Connect. And also, make sure you take advantage of this free resource at the crossroads of faith and cancer. We, we really desire to help people. And I know you're helping people, Percy. We hear from people that it's helpful. So we're gratified at that. Absolutely. We're grateful. We're gratified. And we're continually making the effort to do just that. So again, hang in there and thank you for your support. And thank you for listening to Health Open Inspiration. Okay, let's go back to the scripture as we begin to wrap things up today. Well, we'll close with our spiritual nugget. And again, within the context of Reverend Maxine's uh, testimony, uh, I chose this scripture, uh, Psalms 3, verse 5 and 6. And it said, I laid me down and slept, and I awaked for the Lord sustained me. In, in Maxine's particular case, from a specific surgery, she laid down, and then she decided to get up and say, no, I couldn't continue with this surgery. She felt the Lord told her uh, not to do that, and she did not do that. Still, while in the uh, framework of medical care and clinical care, she opted out of a particular surgery at that particular time, and she was sustained by the Lord, as she said. And so verse 6, I will not be afraid of 10,000 uh, of people or thousands of people or ten thousands of people or ten thousands of situations or circumstances that have set themselves against me roundabout. Today, be encouraged that whatever your circumstances are, whatever your trials are, number one, be clear that you have heard the voice of God, not the voice of someone else and not the voice of a book, not the voice of another person's testimony, but the voice of God. And when you choose to make that decision, be willing to live with that choice and say, this is a decision I can live with and or die with as I have heard from the Lord who will sustain sustain me. And so be encouraged today. Be clear on who you are hearing and who you are listening to and know at the end of the day, the Lord is here to sustain us as we walk with him and walk through our processes. This is today the word of the Lord. Such good help here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our host has been Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Now, the beautiful thing about this podcast, Percy, is that you can, having listened, you can now share this with someone else. So why don't you pass the link along to this podcast to someone that would be very encouraged by hearing it today. Just go to healthhopeandinspiration.com. You want to add to that? Absolutely. And again, you can also share these on your social media platform. Oh, good idea. Yeah, on your Facebook pages, on your uh, Instagram, on uh, all all of the different social networks. Uh, there is an ability to connect and share these individual shows on your social networks and platforms if you believe that'll be beneficial to the larger public that you serve and that you have contact. You can tweet about us. Yes, (laughs) yes, we we do have a tweet, yes. All right, thank you so much. Percy, God bless you. We'll see you next time. All right, remember guys, we've got work to do, so keep chopping the wood. God bless, and I'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person. 
body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.